and welcome to the Glacial Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Of course, I am Nick Cameron of Glacial Musical, joined by my good friend, a man who's a little slow sometimes, always worth the money, Keefe Quaaludes. How are we doing today, buddy? What's up? Oh, I see we don't have our thing on, so okay, so... I'm going to try to refrain from picking my nose and twitching. I know sometimes I twitch like a meth addict. (laughs) Okay, fail. Sorry. Uh, Thank you for joining us this week for the last episode of the Cannibal Corpse series. I also want to point out I am still futzing with my new setup. You may notice the Falstaff beer clock where you can't read anything. It just looks like an orb. But it's Falstaff beer, which is awesome. Was going to put it here, but then you couldn't read it. So I moved it there where you can read it, but you can't read it. Uh, Working with the light next to me, trying to be good. I'm trying to make this better. That looks spectacular. I'll just raise the light as the sun goes down. Anyway, Cannibal Corpse, Vile, Episode 5. Here's how we do this. We do a greeting, a beer check, a vinyl check, news check, shirt check. Wait. I don't know. It's it's all in there. It's check, check news. You know you know what we're doing. Then we get to the meat of the episode, which <laughs> meat of the episode is probably the right turn of phrase for Cannibal Corpse. For me this week, I'm having a I'm having a moment, so I'm dropping an Elysian Fields. I kind of want to sing the Megadeth song, Elysian Fields, from. Uh... Euthanasia. Oh, a great song. Isn't and, it? Like I said, having a day, so I'm just going to go ahead and just pop another one in there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what you got, buddy? Well, I'm, I... I'm going to throw my magnetic uh, my magnetic uh, bottle cap opener to the... Fuck, I missed. To the refrigerator. The, the beer fridge is actually right there. Oh, that's cool. I wasn't going to drink a beer because I have been under the weather. I'm finally feeling better, but I have such a, I want to kind of finish this beer. I'm leaving New York tomorrow. So I want to, well, Omar's not going to drink this beer. So I got another Lagunitas IPA that I had last week and I'm going to drink it out of this Star Trek Next Generation Borg mug. I don't know if you can see me for some reason. I don't see me. Hold on. I see you. Yeah, but I think it's not like working. Nope, that's not going to work either. Hold on. It's not working. All right. This is Resistance is Futile. Resistance is Brutal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hoppy. We've had one of these already, so I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to give it a shot. I I really feel like you're just trying to get me back on the pickle jar. So I'm going to have to go super epic. Cheers, my friend. I've been going very absurd every week with these, right? Mm. Mm. I didn't quite have the guts to do the, uh, I'm going to be honest, though, some of these hotels I've been in have been a little suspect, and I didn't quite have the guts to drink a beer out of uh, my suggestion to you on vacation, which was drink it out of the ice bucket. But I was like, I don't know who's dipped their balls in this ice bucket. Okay, Louie. He's the guy that comes in and he says his catchphrase over and over again. I want to dip my balls in it. Who's got a plate of something? 
anyway i'm yelling i don't need to be yelling uh i'm gonna turn this a little bit thank you very oh wait, hang on vinyl check so i am gonna rep the great state of missouri some delightful dirty blues a band that i heard of on their first record welcome to i'm sorry greetings from whelp city their second was chillicothe fireball their third was uh, self-titled, and their fourth is Back in Business Again. Of course, I am talking about Columbia, Missouri's own Hootin' Hollers. They are a dirty blues band that would give Roger the Woodies because they have a saxophone. So every, fortunately, uh, I did get a plain black. I got this one used at Planet Score Record a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I wasn't going to buy it. I was going to wait till I saw them at the Duck Room in November uh, opening for Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band and get the yellow one. But, I mean, I couldn't pass up 15 bucks. Sorry, Hooties. I'll buy a shirt. Cheers. You see this? Oh, my gosh. That's quite a head. Hmm. We'll describe the finger fudge pour next week on the chaser, but I do want to say in a recent text message with a friend of mine who is a beer expert, he validated the finger fudge pour that a German beer drinking, beer loving friend of his was like, oh yeah, you pour the beer in and the gas does not go in your belly. So we got uh, validated on the finger fudge. I can tell you, it makes me feel better. So that's why I'm sticking with it. Makes the podcast better because you're just like every two seconds. Correct, correct. Uh, me, and then I usually get like bloat. I'm already round. And I get like very like, oh, ga- pain, gas. I'd rather not have gas pain than belchy gas. So like, I don't know, I'm just getting old, pal. Uh, is that your one for today or do you have two? I'm, go- I'm just going to go one for today. I got I got. I, it's going to be better next week. It's going to be special. All right. I have a one for today. Uh, this is really cool. This is a band you do not like, but I love. This is the 20th anniversary edition of the self-titled Deftones album. Well, I like Deftones. Beautiful. I thought you hate Deftones. No, I don't love, but I like. Okay. We talked about doing a series and you were like, no. Hmm. Uh, there was a, 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 year, a couple of years ago, Deftones were the album of the year for Ghost Cult. And I was doing like a podcast with one of our writers and we got like, 10 to 1, and the number one album of the year for the Ghost Cult is Ohm's Deftones. And he was like, what do you say about that, Gary? And he was like, um, nothing. I have nothing to say. Amazing. I, uh, I, I have no strong feelings regarding the Deftones at present. I'm a big fan. Uh, so this came with the his 20th anniversary edition. Uh, songs on this include Minerva, Hexagram, Bloody Cape, uh, Lucky You, which is a beer they just released. So uh, very cool. This is a lyric sheet and some cool photos from back then. And also uh, paper only, but it came with this gorgeous limited edition cherry red see-through vinyl. Nice. Nice. And the beautiful blue, uh, the album artwork blue. So blue and red for the album colors. Almost like a almost 3D looking glasses, right? Kind of evokes the 3D glasses. And I got this at Bull Moose in Maine. This is one of my main purchases for $24.99. I think a very reasonable price. For Pun intended, one of your main purchases. Oh, 
the main purchase from Maine, actually, Ooh, if you think about that. last week's purchases. I think this got a little dinged up in my suitcase, but whatever. It's going to be what it's going to be. Dings are dings. Who cares? And and then the question is, I am I am carrying a rather heavy suitcase. So the question is, do I take back with me some of these vinyls I, I bought while I'm out here, or do I save them here and ship no. them to me later? Ship, ship, just ship them back now. Hmm. We'll see. I have work in the morning also before my flight, so <clears throat> that's my vinyl check. Deftones. Uh shirt check. Sushi Red Panda. Love the Red Panda Sushi shirt. I am once again, because I'm on vacation with only a few variations of clothes left, I am once again wearing my Mr. Bungle t-shirt. They are on tour right now in the U.S. on the East Coast. If you can catch them, catch them. Uh, hearing nothing but rave reviews. I will see them at Riot Fest this weekend, which we'll talk about in a second. All right, news check. Uh, I'm just going to go out and throw out the one you sent to me this morning because uh, we were talking about buying tickets for this tour next month in St. Louis, October 18th, I believe, when Aerosmith on the Peace Out Tour is supposed to be in St. Louis, Missouri at the Enterprise Center. Hopefully, things will be good and we'll be able to get some nice seats. However, uh, Steven Tyler, after, what, three or four shows, his vocal cords are bleeding. This is a new one. We've all heard about poor vocal cords. This is the first time I have heard bleeding. It's not uncommon. Steven has had vocal had has had polyps removed from his vocal cords. You know, he has that super high range. He has yeah, that like yeah, dog yeah. the dog whistle fifth octave like Mariah Carey. Mm. Um it's questionable, you know, 74-year-old Steven Tyler, right? Like not easy to keep doing what he does and the band is like i said i was wondering if they would ever tour again this entire tour is a surprise to me well and um, joy kramer's not even there so it's not not not, not invite not invited they the press statement they oh. put out him yeah like the press oh you know joey as much as he's a beloved member of our you know he sued them right he sued them so he would be included in the rock hall of fame induction I think, or the Grammys or something. And then he said, like, the statement from the band was like, even though Joey is a beloved member of Aerosmith still, he's going to stay with his family and not tour. They decided he's not going to tour, not him. Mm, you know, his wife enough. died like a year and a half ago. Very yeah. sad. But, like, that doesn't mean he can't play anymore. I'm always confused. And speaking of cancellation news, this is the part of the show where I was expecting to tell you about my triumphant time finally seeing Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses was scheduled to play St. Louis on Saturday through three days ago as we record this. Uh, six days ago as you listen to this, if you listen on day one, which you are awesome if you do. And uh, unfortunately, Axel got sick the day before. Do we know it's Axel? I wasn't sure. I'm assuming. I mean, so they, as far as I know, there is no cancellation of the show this evening. I just moved. Anyway, okay. So as, as far as I know, there is no cancellation of the show this evening. So gets me kind of concerned. Sorry, I'm moving, trying to get. That's better. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm fussing with it. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to get it. So now we also found out the same day that they had only sold half of the stadium. Ooh. So, yeah, but that but half of like eighty thousand is still forty thousand. It wasn't. It wasn't wrong stadium. Oh, okay. It was the baseball stadium. <laughs> half of forty two thousand is twenty thousand, 
which is uh, too small for a stadium. I get so it. I expect we supposedly they're going to be. Excuse me, a little burpy, a little gassy today. Uh, unfortunately, my finger fudge did not fudge enough. So theoretically, they're going to be rescheduling the show. However, based on the Guns N' Roses <laughs> and the fact that the show is booked at Bush Stadium means we are looking at uh, November, most likely, which November in St. Louis is not the best time to be scheduling an outdoor show. In fact, October, though, even with climate change, October, I have still uh, I saw Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson on the very first uh, Terror Twins or Twins of Evil or whatever it was called tour, and it was snowing. The, the mid weather in the Midwest is no joke, kids. So um, I don't I don't own a winter coat anymore. I usually am a hoodie and scarf guy when it gets very cold. You got, if you got a big fat hoodie and a scarf and a toque, you're good. You're fine. A toque? Yeah, a stocking cap, a toque. A fool. Oh, I thought a fool of a toque. You were doing some Lord of the Rings shit. No, I um, do Lord of the Rings shit. Fuck those guys. Oh man. Uh, my yeah. news check. I know. My, so a couple of news checks from the Keefe. I'm going to Riot Fest this weekend. I'm really excited. I was supposed to go last year. I missed out on going. Um, gonna see. I'm not necessarily married to. I put a schedule together in my calendar. Other than Foo Fighters, not really interested in the Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie. Sorry. Going to see a lot of hardcore bands. Going to see Bungle again. Going to see Quicksand. Going to see Gorilla Biscuits. Might see Dresden Dolls. Not sure. There's some clashes that suck at these big festivals. Hoping not to get heat stroke. Chicago's very humid at this time. And my birthday is Sunday. So if anybody sees me, give me a crisp high five. Buy me a drink. Buy me a nachos or something. Hell, um, if you see Keith, you give him two crisp high fives. Give me two crisp high fives. And um, maybe I will check out some of the greater Chicago record stores. Maybe I will. I am going to see Danzig. ones downtown. I know. I am going to see Danzig on Sunday night, the Danzig headline tour, the farewell tour. Ooh, farewell. The 30, I mean... the th- um, every tour with him is the farewell tour. The 35th anniversary debut album tour. So, um, which would be interesting. have not repressed those first few Danzig records. I mean, come I think on. It, it, it has to do with uh, Rick Rubin. He's done everything but those first few records. Um, anywho. Um, I was in a record second... store last week and they were playing Danzig 3. So I'm like listening to Dirty Black Summer and I'm looking over and I'm like, you motherfucker, it's on vinyl. How much is this? $300. They also had a copy of uh, Metallica's Ride the Lightning on Megaforce. 250 Did not buy. Yeah, nah. Um, I guess this other bit of news is, um, I know you don't do music festivals, so I'll save the horror show at Blue Ridge Rock Festival for my show. But I w- let's talk about Ozzy for a second. So Ozzy, the Osbournes have restarted their Osbournes podcast. I believe that is in advance of the Osbournes show coming back for a season listen whatever makes money it it made them rich like you don't really rise i know i would not want anyone checking out my life i'm not that interesting but i wouldn't want anyone checking out my life watching me scratch my balls and pick up dog crap but uh so in the podcast ozzy is having another surgery because the vertebrae in his neck are disintegrating or something and I really don't see how he's coming back to touring ever. 
he's really in disrepair physically. I wish he would just slow down, chill out, relax, enjoy the money, enjoy his grandchildren, live to see his grandchildren get older. You know, I know he's desperate to play live again somehow, but like if he's having another neck surgery, another spinal surgery, I don't, I don't see how he's coming back, man. I don't want, I'm not wishing him ill. I just don't see how he's going to return to a touring shape. You know? Completely <clears throat> agree. Ah, it's sad. Um, I had some other things on my mind, but nothing, nothing really springs to mind right this second to keep talking about. Um, uh, Three Inches of Blood. Were you a fan of that band? They have announced a comeback show. I don't know them. You don't. Um, kind of like very Iron Maiden-y traditional metal, power metal, mm-hmm. high vocals. Uh, they have booked a show for January 2024 for a show in almost 10 years. So it's like the year of a lot of comebacks. Got a new Shadows Fall single or two coming. God forbid played some shows last year and this year. Kitty, now Three Inches of Blood. Like you're getting some cool band reunions. Um, I don't know if the internet is helping that happen or what. But, uh, yeah, that's my news check. All right, let's take a short break. If I can get uh, on your side. Sure. Welcome back. So, it's uh, 1996. 1996 is kind of a terrible time for metal. Metallica's Load is coming out, which... uh, I would say a good, um, which sold a third of what the Black Album sold. So a third of the new fans have jumped off the table. And after that one, most of the old fans have jumped off the table because they can't deal with Metallica doing anything new, except for all the other new things they had done up to that point. All those new things were fine, but this one is out. Pantera's touring. The rumors of the breakup are circulating Modern death metal is dying in 1996. The the death metal genre has nearly become grunge too. Obituary is still touring. This is when they release uh was it World Demise? The one with final thoughts. And that's a that's a squiffy ass record. Carcass has broken up, and Morbid Angel is about to break up. Deicide is walking back into the shadows. Death is slowing down. And who is out there still crushing it? You know, we are now into the we are now into the election season proper for nineteen the nineteen ninety six presidential election. 1996 as a year, frankly, is pretty damn boring. We uh, It's the first baseball season after the players walked off. And even in St. Louis, they're only pulling 20,000 Cardinals fans a night, which in St. Louis is blasphemous. 35,000 is where the conversation starts at the worst possible game in St. Louis. And baseball is going to suck until steroids get back and get get into the game. Only I, you. I, what? I was there when McGuire hit 62. <clears throat> I was at the stadium. Literally Impre- there. Impressive. 
I uh, I chose a Cubs game. I had never seen the Cardinals versus the Cubs in at, at that point in 1998. And I jokingly said to my ex, wouldn't it be funny if that's when he did it? I mean, I got the ticket in June and it was September. So, I mean, it was just pure dumb luck. But so what do we have? Hannibal Corpse is exploding, imploding, parting out, whatever you want to call it. The the mastermind, the sick, uh, the SMF per Twisted Sister of Chris Barnes is now out of the band. The band is now only 60% original. We're parting out. We're changing. That's that's metal. That's, that's underground metal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in and say, I don't know what caused the split. I don't think 96 was such a terrible year for metal. It wasn't the greatest year for death metal, but I don't think it was terrible. I actually think 94 was a worse year for metal than for death metal than 96, but I'll give you. I'm not going to go I'm not going to go no, refute you. No, but, Carcass breaks up in 96. That makes it the worst. I mean, all right, then I'm going to do this. I wasn't going to do. Here's the death metal albums that came out in 96 that I know of according to Wikipedia, which we know not to trust, but here we I go. Amonamarth EP Sorrow Through Nine Worlds. That's gotta be their first, right? Uh, it might be their debut EP. Arch Enemy Black Earth, which I don't love, but people love. That's pre-Angela, yes? <clears throat> yeah, that's the John album. Yeah. Uh, Ace Fix, Embrace the Death. Bathory, Blood on Ice. Behemoth, Grom. Borknagar, Self-Titled. Uh, not quite death metal exactly, but Brutal Truth, Kill Trend, Suicide, kind of grindcore death metal. Um, not Death Metal, but Black Metal, Cradle, Filth's Fifth Record, Empire, or Dark Fairy Tales. Cryptopsy, None So Vile. Dark Funeral, Secrets of the Black Arts, Black and Death Metal. Uh, Deeds of Flesh, Trading Places. Dimu Borgir, Stormblast. I'm going to fetus- in real quick. <clears throat> A lot of this is black metal. No, well, Dying Fetus isn't black metal. Purification through violence. Dimu Borgir uh, is black metal. Firehouse, not strictly. Behemoth they're like is black metal. They're like no. Behemoth was black metal back then, but they kind of became a death metal band after this. Right back then, we're, we're talking. We're talking about. I mean, uh, okay, 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 pal. Grave, hating life, immolation, here and after, decent record. Yeah. Okay. Ice Earth, the melodic death metal you don't love, but the Dark Saga, uh, the Jester Race. Sorry. <clears throat> Cataclysm, Temple of Knowledge, solid. Uh, Opeth Morning Rise, Black and Death Metal. Um, Necrophobic, Spawned by Evil, Death Metal. And probably a few others that are on the sort of precipice of Black Metal and Death Metal. But it wasn't a terrible year. I mean, like, there's a good Sepultura that year, Roots, and uh, Tool, Typo Negative, Prong. I have not heard Roots yet. <clears throat> Pantera, something's wrong with you. I know. Uh, something's deeply wrong with you. We're gonna uh, do a, We're gonna do Roots. That's we're fine. Do we, should just, we should do a Sepultura series. Not next, but we, you know. I, I want to do Sepultura before and now. That's what I want to do. I want to do old Sepultura and then new Sepultura. Okay, we can do that as long as we get to chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, well, anywho, course. 1996. It's it's kind of a weird time. Do you, let me ask you a question. Do you know why specifically, right? Why Barnes was fired? 
No, but I do know, as anybody does who's done cursory research like I did today, he was fired during the recording of the album. Uh, Resistance is brutal. Get it? Brew? Stealing, stealing my jokes. Go ahead. They recorded, they recorded like, they recorded like half the, half the record with him and then fired. Yeah, I mean, it was a significant part. It wasn't like they, they fired him on like week three, but what happened to Barnes? I don't know. We, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier in the series, but six feet official or six feet official is going to be like a jackass. Six feet under has been going on for two or three records at this point. Right, right. Which he and he says he intended to split from that. Ah, I was going to leave them and go do. Yeah, my own yeah. Mm. yeah okay okay necro butcher you were gonna go kill Euronymous. i was i'm so mad about i'm still mad at that thing man literally five minutes after our interview with them he did he dropped that one i was like god damn it bro yeah i'm sure also, yeah I'm, no, sure. I'm sure he was <clears throat> yeah he was not gonna go kill Euronymous. poser um <laughs> you're just a poser kill him or don't kill him or kill yourself anyway um, Mayhem new album out this week, live album. Um, li- I don't know if you need a live album from Mayhem at this stage, but okay. Uh, so they they record part of the album with him, fire him, and I don't think they held auditions. I think they just called George and was like, "Do you want to replace Chris?" That that is my understanding. Now they were big fans of Monstrosity, which is a good band. If you, I recommend, if you love George and you love George you particularly. Look. Go back and listen to those early monstrosity records because they're solid. They're very now, solid death metal. Before we move forward, I just want to talk about George a little bit. George Corpse Grinder Fisher is one of the abject sweethearts of death metal. We discussed his seven bags of stuffies, how on tour he goes and plays crane games because he loves them and donates them to children's hospitals. Wonderful. He also had a role in Metalocalypse. With, well, Nathan Explosion is based on him. But he had a role. He he was a voice actor. Right. Yes, Nathan right. Explosion is based off of Corpse Grinder. And if you look at Nathan, Nathan Explosion is a slightly aesthetically upgraded version of Corpse Grinder. Nathan has a very attractive face and Corpse Grinder has a very lovely soul. Kind of like me. But and Nathan isn't exactly svelte. He's not muscular. He's got a big fat neck. He's got long stringy hair. It is his vocal stylings are definitely corpse grinder. It's 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 awesome. But he also plays the metal assassin, uh, whose brother was killed by uh, William Murderface. Murderface. Murderface's diamond encrusted codpiece, which is my favorite thing to say now ever. So we we're talking about legitimately a real one. If there is somebody to come in and take over for Barnes, because quite frankly, excuse me, Jesus, burpee. Uh, been a while since this has happened. As we have been murder bonering over Chris Barnes's vocals for the past four weeks, Chris Barnes came in and crushed it, and I mean that every single possible way so when that relationship reaches its conclusion someone probably argued the natural conclusion when it reaches that conclusion and you have to bring in somebody i don't know that they could have done a better job than corpse grinder 
No, I mean like historically. Name. Right, right. Replacing vocalists is impossible. It's only happened a few times where it's worked out, and almost always the band falls off. This is one of those rare cases. I would argue that like Ozzy and Dio. Thank you. That it almost never, and I love Ozzy. We're not going to count ACDC in this for one reason. Bond died. died. Yeah, still had to replace him. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. They got much bigger without him, though, but like, okay. They got Um, much bigger, but not as good. That album still would have been that album with Bond. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Um, the only other lead singer swaps that worked this well, uh, Dave for Sammy. COC. No, uh, uh, Dave coming back after Sammy, not Sammy. No, no. Uh, Bruce for Paul. Yes, and I love Paul. I I love him a lot more after. He's not. He's not better than Bruce, but I love Paul. Um, But it's but we're talking about in the thousands of bands. Pepper for COC. It it's happened a lot, and it hasn't always worked out. So. Yeah, like I'm gonna ask you a question. Like, if they didn't have a personality problem, like Barnes didn't do anything talent-wise, he didn't fall off yet. He's about to fall off a freaking cliff later in his career. He falls off a cliff, but like he didn't deserve to get fired. He didn't do the bleeding is great. Uh, You know, we're gonna rank the albums at the end of this. I'm not going to make the judgment whether or not he deserved it or not because I don't know what happened. Well, I'm saying, like, in terms of his talent, like, oh, you started to suck, you're fired. No. Uh, or, like, we need a better singer to get to the level we're trying to get to, Bruce. Or Ozzy, you're fired. Dio, here you are. Right. And then the band also, like, got so- like sobered up enough to make a great record because they were trash also. Right. So, like, this is a band that was rising, rising, rising. Yeah. Gets rid of Barnes. They should have took a dive, and they, they just not. kept on trucking. It's unheard of. Completely. It's unheard of. And they really, I mean, we can argue about when we grade these records, maybe they don't quite have a 10 yet, but all these records are 8s and 9s, right? And like Vile, which we're about to talk about, is great. Would have been great with Barnes. Would have been great with Barnes. Oh, is great with, with George. Um, and I'm going to just like, if you'll allow me, I don't know if you were done. You might not have been. I can be. Um... Did they get smarter making this record? Like, it's hard to tell because they clearly didn't change. I mean, they let George as a co-writing credit on two songs. I have a lot of words. I think they got smarter with this album. Like, better titles, better lyrics, better. Better recorded, better playing. I don't necessarily think this is better than the first couple of records in pure, raw, death metal greatness. But, like... This is just a step up in general. Like they were about to make another great record here with with Barnes and kick them the hell out. Like it's unheard of. It, normally bands are not trying to fire their guy that's carried them. You can make a case that Barnes is the most talented guy in the band these first four records. Arguably the, the most talented. At least the first two. Put the genre on his back. Set the bar very high for the what the genre does. Not. And I'm, I'm, let me jump in. I think you nailed it there. He, he quit. Fucking oh. Jesus Christ. Oh what the fuck? This. Barnes quit. 
Omar. Hey, welcome to the Glacially Omar podcast. How's it going? (laughs) Anyway, Bards quit, right? They had a record with him, kind of halfway done, dropped it and started a whole new one. They all had to, they all had something to prove on this record, and they showed they had something to prove. Hang on, and keep that's me, all I got to say. Me. I love give that Omar record. Your head, give Omar your head. <laughs> say it Bye. again. Say it again. No, no. You heard it. Hey, Omar, cut this. Yo. Cut this. Omar, cut this. That's our new joke. <laughs> Omar, cut this. What happened to come in gently and don't scare me? <laughs> that was oh beautiful. God. You loved it. I, I love it. it. I love he it. loved it. What the freak I did for him? Uh, your hand is blocking the camera now. Oh, okay. Where were we? Before Omar didn't come in because obviously he cut this. Because he was directly. Break you. your. I looked him in the glass. eye and said, "Omar, cut this for the first time." That was beautiful. <laughs> okay, so where that. were we? Uh, Barnes is gone. The he he definitely was the most talented member of the band for the first at least two records possibly third the fourth record is the best record of the barnes era in my humble opinion even with the abject cringiness but when we get to this record we the before and and again i know i have harped on this in in, in past episodes in this series but we are talking about the birth of a genre, of a subgenre not only is it one subgenre, but this album creates. Sorry, sorry. I did not pour the gas out well today. I apologize. This mm. this this subgenre creates 15 other sub sub subgenres. And in this run, we've had mellow death, we've had tech death. Now we've got brutal death. That sharp. You know, I discussed last week and the previous weeks before that mushy death metal. The mush is over. And now the car, the cannibal corpse sound that you will hear on every record from this one forward, that sharp, that palm mute, that wonderful sound, the full on blast beats, they are all here. And they also got less cringy, which I think they took the cringe and the horror show, frankly, as far as it could go to the point where had they gone another step further, I think you're even your average dude that I'm not going to say in the RC, if you take my meaning, wouldn't be able to get behind because it would be too much. So they pull back. They go on to more gruesome titles, but just gruesome in general, not violence against a certain gender. I I, I hear what you're saying and putting down. You're not wrong. I, I just feel like smarter, just like mm-hmm. saying the same stuff on a higher intellectual level, yep. still gnarly, still yep. cringe inducing, yep. brain breaking lyrics, but just but a, not- level, a level up. But not divisively so. Most of these lyrics are by Webster. So one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six of the or five of the eleven tracks are by Webster. The bonus. If, track if Roger Waters wrote that many of the songs, I would say Roger Waters wrote the record. Could could say. not go one episode without mentioning Roger or Pink Floyd. Okay, buddy. I have a type. 
Nick, go to your place. You're like the I'm puppy. You place. won't stop. You won't stop eating the slippers, Nick. It's okay. Pink, Pink Floyd is my favorite band. Go ahead. So Alex Webster wrote the lyrics on this record, and I feel like he realized that they went to the edge with was it the bleeding yes the bleeding so vile is vile don't misunderstand this is not a softer kinder gentler cannibal corpse it is a cannibal corpse dealing with more things like perhaps you're you're dying and being eaten by rats and raccoons that's pretty awful i don't want that pretty terrible um do we also mention this is the last just happens to be the last album with rob barrett for 10 years so rob look i i I love this band and this is one of those bands like kiss like black sabbath where they're just parting people in and out all the time and under the brand they're great so i don't know i don't know why i said that are you ready to go track by track i'm ready to bust this out let's go track by track do you want me to do the these are less terrible titles are you gonna do it this week I'm doing it. Let's start off with Devoured by Vermin, which is about the worst way I can think of to be left to die. This track is fucking amazing. I don't know who's doing the vocals on this. Is it Nuke Goddamn Lelouch? Because I know somebody here, what did he do? He announced his presence with authority. Didn't throw him. He hit the mascot twice. Um... This is maybe the second or third best album opening song in the history of Cannibal Corpse. I'm going to go that first, hard. First. This song is... No, Hammer Smash Face, bro. Come on. Mm. This this song's great. And uh, it's a Barrett and, and Webster composition. And it just slays thumper notes. Big thumper. We move <clears> on <throat> into Mummified and Barbed Wire. And I listened to this record twice today. Once in a headphone, once in my car. And listening to this back in my car... I had the same kind of reaction as I did to the previous album, The Bleeding. And it's so much bigger. It's so much fuller. And the sound, the quality, the recording, the production. Again, we have had a band who, like Metallica, has leveled up on every single record. Every record is better than its predecessor. And this song is better than its predecessor. This continues to be true. Of Ken- We're not continuing these albums, but that actually continues to be true for a minute. Um, I just noticed that Webster not only co-wrote or wrote almost all these songs also on music. The songs that he wrote on here just hit differently when you hear them back now. And um, look, it's, yeah, it's, this, it's this Webster's record. It's his record. Yeah, he slays. He just slayed this thing, riffs everything. Correct. And this is some of the best bass playing on a death metal record. Because a lot of the guitars aren't the riff. Most of the riffage on this record is the bass. That's right. And, the, and the, there's a there's guitar parts where they're working together in and out, but the bass and the drums are the song, which is rare. Moving on into perverse suffering, which is exactly what you think it is. Cheers. It sure is. Uh, what a great song. Music by Jack Owen. 
uh, out of the band, actually, I think, at this point. Oh, no, he's still in the band one, a little bit more, but uh, yeah. not a, not contributing as much on this one. I think he contributed less on this guy mm, this is, this than is the, the previous Webster one. Record. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a good, a very good, probably my second or third favorite song on this record beside the opener. Another spectacular song <clears throat> moving on into Disfigured, which is the only Corpse Grinder co-write, which... The f- no, he oh, gets a co- he gets a co-write on another one. Go ahead, just figure. You're right. You're right. Which I'm surprised he had any co-writes on this record because it was finished. They were recording it and they brought him in. You know what? Yeah. Another an, you know, it's just it's just another straight up banger. And the riffs are better. The drums are better. The recording is better. Corpse Grinder mm-hmm. is more of my taste in vocalist. Than Barnes was, especially from the last record to this one. Can't complain. No complaints. He's he's just such a breath of fresh air vocally. And again, that's after we were just talking about gushing about Barnes for four albums, about how he literally lifted the genre on his shoulders, invented a vocal style that has been imitated and copied over and over again. And then George 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 comes in and he just absolutely trumped. Rush. Trumped what uh this guy did. I hate to say Trump now. Um, yeah, no, no, it's a great song. He straight up pinochled him. Moving on into uh, Bloodlands, which is uh the other Corpse Grinder co-write. Glad to nope. see him get a little published. Yeah, Fisher Wrong. right there. Mm, nope. Oh, Next I'm one. looking. I'm sorry. Where get glasses, Alice? Get glasses. Um, I, I can't wear my glasses when I'm this close. I can't either because yeah, I get the. I started wearing I need my when I was sitting too. in front of the records, but now that I'm in a my my sit down set, my my big boy set, I don't do that anymore. I see Anywho, that. I see that. So we are now on to uh, Bloodlands, and uh, honestly, this is where a lot of the songs don't necessarily have a strong push out by themselves. But this is one of the few times on any record <clears throat> we've done that I didn't know. You know, like the back of my hand going in, like in our first five or six series, where I didn't turn it off once. I just no breaks. No, it was just straight up thump. I did have to turn it down a little bit in the car at the end, but other than that, I see. Continue. Uh, next, we get into Bloodland. I'm sorry, Puncture Wound Massacre, which is fish. Uh, it's 90 seconds basically. Uh, moving on, relentless. Oh, ouch! Come on now. I love this little track. Yeah, it's this is beautiful. I love this. Reminds me of Napalm Death. I love this little track. It's about the length of uh, moving on into relentless beating. Excuse me, two minutes 14. You take that one, you take the other one, mix them together, go straight up Kit Kat on it, and you got a good what the hell? You got a good four minute death metal record. I'm just being sad. Omar's over here doing the truffle shuffle. I threw my stress ball at him, and now I wish I had it back because I saw him. If he's going to do the truffle shuffle, do it in the guy. Jack Owen's last record was Wretched Spawn in 2004. I don't know what that means. Um, (laughs) Jack Owen's last record was. Be be in the podcast. Don't be in the podcast. The Wretched Spawn is Jack Owen's last record. Whoopie doo. Yes. Thanks a bunch. 2004. Yeah, not all really right. Helpful. Uh, not absolute hatred, banger, banger, banger. This is all the Barrett. I'm assuming we're not talking about Sid. I'm being sorry. no, Rob. Um, 
You know, this is a good track. I don't think this, this is kind of the, I don't want to say the soft underbelly, but if you have an instrumental on track seven and then another couple of tracks, it's probably the soft underbelly, but a soft underbelly of a great record. This is the softest, this is the hardest soft underbelly we've had. <laughs> For sure. That's a great terminology. Uh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, moving on to Eaton from Inside. Again, we are just wrong. Do you, ever, do you ever get the feeling that, like, Webster tracked this album and decided the order? Because, like, literally Barrett, Owen, like, the songs that they wrote come late in the album on purpose almost. And no questions. Uh, moving on to the worst title, although there are probably some people on the East Coast that are loving this. This was a leftover for sure. I mean, like, it's actually uh, Paul's lyrics, but yeah, Orgasm Through Torture, right? Whoa. That's a lot. That's a whole lot to incorporate and take in in 1996. Even in 2023. <laughs> uh, Monolith is another, and it closes out the record. It is a big thunder. And with death metal, big thunder is where it's at. And it's just did, did you did you have the copy of this with or without the bonus track when you got without, it? I, I did not listen to the bonus. I first heard it with the bonus track, so not this go round. I'm talking originally. So like they did the undead will feast, which is from Eating Back to Life with George on vocals, just to show everybody, hey, this is when you come see us. This is what you're gonna get. I thought it was really clever and smart marketing in a way. Advanced marketing. Um, I I feel like, yeah, I know that people love, like, this is a great record, right? George is really, like, his mainstream debut, right? Because Monstrosity was really a regionally known underground band. They toured a bunch. They played metal festivals. But they were not nearly as big as the biggest bands in the genre. And so I feel like they chose right. They, They hit the lottery with the guy. They chose the right guy to come in and take over for Barnes. No, not only no letdown, they amplified the band even more somehow. Which I get, I, I'm sure when people found out Barnes was out of the band, they flipped. Oh, that's it, the band is over. I can remember flipping when Cavalera was out of Sepultura. Well, that was... Anyway. And I mean, really, if, if I'm being honest, are the, are, are the vocals in Sepultura that critical? Like, who does them? We're not talking yes. about Diamond Dave to Sammy here. Yeah, but we're talking about, yeah. It is. It does matter. I understand why people are on that. I'm not saying it that. doesn't matter at all. What I'm saying is, is it, I heard that and I walked away. I guess. I, I don't know did why. not give a chance. And that is inappropriate. That's too bad. Well, I said you're I not, a lot, of, a lot of people did. And I know I'm not the only one. I said um, I, I don't have, I will tell you that this is the, Tamest album cover the band has had so far. We didn't yeah, talk about I, artwork. The thing about I like the maggots. I will say this is my favorite record so far. And if I were going to rank them, I'm not going to rank them in order of historical importance, but I'm oh. going to rank them as to how they hit my ears. And it's five to one backwards because I Can feel we, every record we, was better we, than the one before. That's fine, but we don't do a five scale, we do a 10 scale. Um, the fifth record is the best. So, uh, okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Hmm. I think I would say that personally it's tough, but I would say two minute mutilated butchers at birth, eaten back to life file. And then the bleeding for me. 
And if I had to grade those records in the order they came out, Back to Life is an eight or a nine just because, or maybe a nine, a high nine, because again, brand new, created, recreated a genre. Butcher to Birth, a high eight or a nine. Tomb of the Mutilated, an absolute nine or a 10. The Bleeding is an eight. Vile is a eight or maybe a nine, depending on the soft underbelly. Look, I think, so, I, mean, rolls, I think it rolls from 10 of 10, which is vile. Really? To like 8.5. You really think vile is a 10 of 10? Yes. A vile is my absolute favorite record. Uh, again, a 10 of 10 is a landmark record that cannot All ever right, be fine. challenged. You're right. You're right. Nine and a half. There's a li- the underbelly is a little softer. And like, if you, ha- I would say this. If you have a song on any, just in general, you and I do this. We go through the tracks. I feel nothing about this song. That means it's not a 10. I feel I don't have a feeling either way about this other song. That's not a 10 record. A 10 is like every song is a 10. I agree. I didn't say that on this record. I, I know. Well, you kind of skipped over a couple. So, yeah. I skipped over a couple because the, the, the breeze through is because it's death metal. The fights. I love death metal. I have loved death I, metal for 35 years. But I can also tell you that no death metal record besides Carcass's Heartwork is abject perfection, and even that one isn't. You get a little bit of monotony. One of the great things about this run is Cannibal Corpse has really, really been so smart about album length. They have been between 34 and 37. Without the bonus track, this album is 30 vile, is 34 and a half minutes. That's just absolute you just brilliant. Nine for tracks death, in 34 minutes. Right. Uh for, for te- death metal, technical death metal, perfect. That's where you should be. You should no no be. need to drag it out. No, because you do get as much as I love Corpse Grinder, as much as I've loved Chris Barnes, as much as I love all these people, they are not King Diamond. They are not James Hetfield. They are not the chorus of voices of Pink Floyd. You have typically one delivery. Barnes was able to bring in two. I love Corpse Grinder, but he's never brought in a second delivery. He's got one. It's ten. He is a uh, a garden hose after you've undone the kink the entire time. and Which, unfortunately, can get a little tiresome. So, un- un- undone the kink, by the way, is the hashtag for this episode. Oh my god. I am going to handicap this record for death metal. It is a 10 of 10 for death metal. Fair enough. It is a That's 9 a, of 5 I, for non-death metal or non I will, ex- I will accept that argument. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on this record or the album or the series in general? Like, I think this was very valuable. Um, we haven't really done a metal series in a while. Not a serious and, metal series, that's for sure. Um... We haven't, I mean, we've we've bumped, never done extreme metal. We really have yet to do a series together that was a straight up. We should do more of these, I think. I agree. I agree. And do you want to drop the next or do you want to wait? You can you can drop it like it's hot if you want to. I would fucking love to. We are now going to drop a record that is oft referenced, often bonafide, absolutely loved whose taint we would lick on a daily basis, because you know you would keep. You don't even say like you wouldn't. We are going to start a Guar series. Next week, we have an interview. 
I'm gonna leave the name out in case the chaser. Drop. We have a trait we have an interview chaser next week. Uh, I'm gonna leave the name of the interviewee out just in case they do drop we have, out. Do we have a to- we have a topic with that chaser or just gonna just free ball it? Let's free ball like Mega Ran. I thought that was our best artist. If we're gonna do an artist chaser, I think we shouldn't have a topic. Yeah. We'll discuss their record, we'll discuss their business and see if I can convince them to let me go to their show for free. I'm not gonna do that. You could. I won't. I'll pay the five bucks. It's fine. I'm gonna buy a shirt anyway. So, but next week we we have a, we have an interview chaser next week. And then we're gonna start a series on Guar, which Guar is Guar is Guar. I, I don't know how else to describe it. We will get into that in depth for probably at least four episodes, possibly up to six. Because. Well, we'll mix some things in between. I got some chaser ideas we haven't well, discussed yet. And... We we have agreed that we're going to throw in chasers during the long series because I think that makes it better. Because if you hate the band we're doing for four weeks, you get a break. Let's give you, let's give you a break. Give you something to listen to. <clears throat> but uh, Cannibal Corpse is one of the most important death metal bands. There is no way around that, and it is. Jesus, I'm sorry. We talked about the gassy. Now I'm gassy this week. I think he drank the beer before letting it settle. Mm, You're supposed to. Si- you should have sipped out of the can, not the glass. Mm, and that's what you gassed I yourself. I didn't do that. Oh, uh, okay. Let's not use the phrase "you gassed anyone." <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I know it's a. I've been, I've been browning the air around me all day today since I felt better, but know. um. Let's finish this up. I think it's so, my turn. I was, you know, my camera died last week, so I think it's my turn to take us home. And I just want to say I want to finish my thought before I burped in my own mouth. Because who else's mouth would you burp in? Yeah, doing Cannibal Corpse was a wonderful series. It was a great time to look back into my youth, look back into some friendships I had with my 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 best friend from 1985, Tom Ward remembering him telling me about Cannibal Corpse, telling me about Guar, telling me about other albums like that. And just really thinking about where we were. One of the things I love about going back in time is where we were in America, where we were in the world, where Western culture was, and how these counterculture records flipped the script. That's what That's what Nick thinks, everybody. If you have made it this far, you are an absolute legend and a gem of reality. I am going to take us home. This has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with us as we ran down these horrific masterpieces from the bowels of hell with Cannibal Corpse. Five records of Cannibal Corpse is quite a lot. If you are not a death metal fan and you actually still listen to these, amazing. you got a lot of high entertainment value, especially from Nick cringing at all the horrible song titles. That is too sensitive for his delicate sensibilities, too extreme. But um, thank you for listening. Do us a favor. If you enjoyed what you heard, please finger fudge the like button. Give us a five-star review on some of these podcast networks, or if you dislike what you heard, give us some shit on social media or in the comments. We take it very seriously and strive to improve these episodes. 
You can find me everywhere at Ghost Cult Mag and at Ghost Cult Keefe. You can find Nick at, at N-I-K underscore N-O underscore C on most social medias as well as Glacially Musical on Instagram and other things like Facebook if you still do such things. And as we say every week, this has been the Glacially Musical podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria, but however, entrails have been ripped from a virgin's cunt there. And someone got fucked with a knife there also. Friend of the show, Grave Hover. Peoria. <laughs>